0: welcome to the iso on the gonzaga nation media network i'm your host dan dick out today being wednesday june 15th hard to believe we're already halfway through the month of june that's crazy to think spokane's weather has been absolutely atrocious this spring um hopefully that turns before one of the greatest basketball events in the world that is hoop fest which is coming to spokane in about a week and a half or so but it is Wednesday, meaning it is Mailbag Wednesday. <clears throat> you got a question for me? Send it my way, Dickow at Scorebook Live or on Twitter at DanDickow21. You can also send it to Gonzaga Nation SI's media, social media channels, be it Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. It might even be on TikTok. I'm not sure. I don't handle the social media responsibilities because that's not what I'm good at. So um, as I mentioned, today is Wednesday, Mailbag Wednesday. First question comes from Jeff in Spokane. And he asks, NBA draft is coming up. Is there one Gonzaga player that you feel the NBA missed on? Well, there's a couple former Gonzaga players that I think the NBA missed on. Uh, two of them were teammates of mine uh, Casey calvary uh, I think was missed on he had a tremendous career <clears throat> excuse me in Europe Australia and Japan um, but I think uh, had he gotten and I hate to always say legitimate shot had he had a, a had he had a really good shot opportunity I think he would have made the most of it he's one of those guys that you put four guys um, in a drill and and say, there's one job, Casey's going to figure it out. He would have figured out how to be um, the one left standing. He was tough. He was athletic. He was smart as heck. Uh, He was an unbelievable competitor and a great teammate. The other one from my era that I think Gonzaga um, that was missed and he was on the borderline. He was on the cusp. He was on the fringe. Uh, That would have been Blake step. Uh, Unfortunately for him, knee injuries, um, proved to be a bit too much and he wasn't able to kind of overcome those he did have a nice career in Europe uh, played for some really high level teams in Europe um, but it wasn't uh, in the cards for him to be in the NBA Um, he was a second round pick of the Minnesota Timberwolves spent some time in in summer league as well as in in preseason with the Timberwolves but it never made the team Uh, the one in recent years that I think the NBA missed on and This is a hard one for me to say missed on because I think uh, part of it was also he missed on his timing. Um, He sped up his timing. And so much of making it is understanding your skill set, understanding your possible role, understanding how you fit, when to strike, when the iron's hot. And that would have been Zach Norvell. I think Zach Norvell is um, one of those guys that is a – good enough player to play in the NBA, or he was trending in that way, but he left in my opinion, one year too soon to go to the NBA draft. He felt he was going to be drafted after getting bad advice from uh, an agent Uh, never happened. Didn't come to fruition and getting drafted. He's kind of bounced around the G league and I believe in Europe now a little bit. Um, He did play a few games for the Lakers. um, But I think had he come back to school for one more year, he would have been the focal point of the offense uh, on a preseason top seven, top eight team, uh, and it would, really would have allowed him to, you know, be the focal point and prove that he can consistently be the guy, which I think is one of the things that that's always uh, necessary. You got to keep that in mind. Um, NBA front office evaluators they want to see guys that when they're relied upon, um, or when it's it, when they are relied upon to be a main source of production for their team that they make the most of it more times than not and I think Zach could have really proven that had he stayed so thanks for the question Jeff. Tom from Yakima asks the NBA draft green room. How do you get invited to it. Well, good question. Anybody can go to the NBA draft when it's, um, I believe it's at Barclays Center in Brooklyn um, this year. It's been there, I think, the last few years. But anybody can go uh, to the draft and you buy a ticket, you sit in the stands. There's been plenty of NBA players um, that have sat in the stands waiting for their name to be called. But obviously the focus is on the green room guys want to be in that green room. You get, a, you're just kind of a focal point, a focal piece of the whole ceremonies and the events leading up to the draft for a couple of days. So um, how you get invited is typically the NBA, you know, right, of, right around the time of the combine, they really start getting a feel for truly who the top 15, 20 picks are and NBA front offices will, um, essentially agree with their list their short list of, of who should be in the in the green room and you know there's a few uh, occasionally a few missteps in inviting a guy that slides to the second round um, but that's very rare it doesn't happen as often as maybe it did um, uh, years ago um, but I think the NBA also does a nice job of, of limiting the amount of guys typically there'd be about between 10 and 13 guys probably that are in that green room. Usually it's guys that are going to be uh, in the lottery. You might find a guy that slides a 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. But, um, you know, you got to, if, if you get invited to the green room, you know, you're going to be a top 20 pick. Um, it's almost a, a foregone conclusion. But part of the cool part is if you get invited to that, all the ceremonies leading up to uh, the NBA draft, you've got, you um, uh, commercials that get shot, you get interviews, um, you have access to um, uh, just so many different things. Guys are going to have tailors usually to, to get a custom made suit. They're going to have uh, companies that are doing photo shoots, then they can come up with new endorsements. Um, the, the two, three days leading up to the draft are unbelievably busy. The NBA is going to put on um, different events around the city of New York um, for these guys to be out and about, um, because the NBA has always been so good about being out front and doing positive things in the community. And then as soon as the draft occurs, guy gets drafted, you go back to a whole nother set of interviews. Probably I would say it takes about 45 minutes, maybe an hour where you're going to have your national media. Then you're going to have some, um, Uh, local media, then you're going to be on Zoom, probably Zoom conference calls with other local media um, to really kind of dive in and, and, you know, go through that interview process. Then guys will usually go out and and enjoy themselves with family or friends, maybe go to a a, a big dinner, uh, maybe go to a nightclub if if that's what they do. Um, And guys will have a long night of celebrating. The next day is when you would fly to the team that chose you. So let's just use chad holmgren as an example he'll probably be picked no worse than two he'll get announced shake the hand with um, adam silver on stage probably with i believe it's espn is hosting the the draft this year not tnt he'll probably have a quick interview with espn with with the analysts uh uh right there on a separate stage he'll go back he'll do Uh, another round of photos with the the correct hat of the team that drafted him. He'll have a couple national media as well as local interviews. And then he's off, he's free the rest of the night to go uh, celebrate with his family. But say, for example, Orlando does select him with the number one pick. Well, that very next morning, probably 7 a.m., he's on a flight down to Orlando to meet the rest of the organization, meet the the owners, meet the... uh, general managers again, because I'm sure he's already met them, meet the coaching staff, meet any of the players that are now around. And then he'll have a uh, another media session in front of the local media in person. So um, unbelievably busy two, three days leading into the draft. And then it's an unbelievably busy time right after the draft. I know when I was um, drafted, I was in Vancouver, Washington, at my parents' house the next morning. um, My wife, and I, fiance at the time, we caught the first flight out uh, to Atlanta the next morning. Um, spent a day and a half in Atlanta, um, met the team, met the coaches, did the media thing that I had mentioned, a press conference, flew back actually to Spokane to be able to be at HoopFest. So that was a pretty cool experience for me. But Tom, appreciate the question. Cindy from Coeur asks, when can we expect some focus on the women's basketball team well cindy i'm glad you asked that that's been in the works and that's been in uh in the plans um really since we got going with gonzaga nation si we knew we had to start somewhere and that somewhere was men's basketball because of the background of of myself um as well as my co-host on on gonzaga nation si adam morrison Um, that was, that's our focus. That's our wheelhouse. That's what we know. Um, but we knew with everything going on with our podcasts and our shows and our website with the articles that we needed to build, um, into women's basketball, we needed to build into baseball. We did that with baseball this spring. Michael Jackson ran a a fan is running a fantastic podcast called the mound visit. And some of our journalists have been writing some really good articles on the baseball side. Well, I'm happy to announce that, yes, we will have a women's basketball podcast beginning later this summer um end of july details are are going to be announced and coming out very soon i'm not going to drop the name of who's the host but she was a terrific player at gonzaga um she's going to be a awesome addition to our lineup of podcasts and shows so cindy thanks for the question and uh, stay on the lookout because we'll be announcing a lot more details on that uh in the very near future so For the ISO on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network, this has been Mailbag Wednesday. Thanks again for listening.